and welcome to another edition of Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Two Steps Ahead Podcast encouraging you to take your passion, make it happen, let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, and coming up on the show, as you can see, we've stepped outside the studio. We've gone on the road. Now, before I get to the guest sitting right next to me, one of the reasons why I'm having her on is because if you follow the show, you kind of have an understanding of what the show is like. But if you don't follow the show, let me just give you a, a brief synopsis of what the show is about. So the slogan, like I mentioned, is take your passion, make it happen, and let yourself be great. I personally believe that each one of us has greatness in us. That degree of greatness and what that greatness allows us to do differs from people to people. You might think greatness is somebody like a Kobe Bryant or a Tom Brady or some musician that accomplishes great things or maybe Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. But to me, greatness depends on the person. Some people, they're called to be great parents. Some people are called to be great teachers. Some people are called to, great, to be great whatever. Like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. said, if you are called to be a street sweeper, be the best street sweeper. If you're called to be whatever it is your lot in life is, be the best at whatever it is you're called to do. And so we do that by raising the standard in our lives. We don't settle for status quo. We want to raise the standard. We want to do better. We want to make sure that we're giving it our best. And when we do that, we start to raise the standard and that greatness starts to come out. And then as that greatness comes out, we start having hopefully a positive impact on the people around us. And then that will inspire them to look at us and be like, wait a minute, they've upped their game. They're doing a lot better than they used to do. What is it that they're doing? What's it, what's it about? I want to do that. I want that. I want my life to be better. And then you inspire them and hopefully you motivate them. And then they go out and do it. And then someone else sees them do that. And then it becomes a on and on and on thing. And so pretty soon we're influencing a lot of different people. And so that's raising the standard, bringing out our inner greatness so we can take our passion, make it happen, inspire and motivate others to do the same. So that way we can hopefully live the life that we want to live as opposed to living the life that we have to live. And so I've got a special guest that's going to be joining us and talking to us. Maricela is with me. And one of the things that happened in life is sometimes we don't get to we all know we don't get to pick and choose our family. We don't get to pick and choose who we are. We just talked about that the, uh, the other night. We don't, it's by chance I happen to be who I am. It's by chance she happens to be who she is. We don't get to be, we don't get to choose our birth. We don't get to choose our lot in life as far as when we first enter the world. And so sometimes some of us might have an easier road or an easier go of it. Others might be a little bit more difficult. And so Maricel is joining us because I want her to share her story in case somebody out there listening is going through something very similar, and then you can hear her story and be like, wait a minute, if she can overcome the obstacles in her life, if she can do what she's doing, then I know I can do that, and then I want to take those steps to do better. It's basically getting a second chance in life and starting over and making the most of that second chance, and I think sometimes when people get that second chance, they value it better than people who only use their first chance. I know that might seem a little weird, but, you know, when you have to start over and when you have to basically begin life again and put your past behind you, sometimes you appreciate that second chance a lot better. And some people might say, yeah, you know, it's a past. It's a past. It, it goes with you forever. I don't think so. I think that our past doesn't have to define who we are. Our past 
we can grow from, we can learn from and take that and invest it into our future and then make the future what we want it to be. And so that's a little bit of the backstory as to the show and as to why my special guest is sitting here with me and going to tell her story. And first off, if you can, congratulations. You just recently graduated with your GED, which is pretty exciting. What was that feeling like when you were crossing the stage and you heard your name and they're giving you a diploma? Um, it was awesome because I've always wanted to get my high school high school diploma, but um, I actually got my GED, so it was a little bit later. But it was still exactly how I imagined it, so it was fun. Now, one of the things that we're going to get into is maybe a little bit, you know, why you weren't able to complete high school. But when you look at the GED, a lot of people look at GEDs as if it's something second rate, secondary, which isn't the case because if you look at what GED actually started out being. It was during World War I or World War II when young men were going off to war overseas. They didn't finish high school. And so the government, the military, they developed this program that would allow these men to come back and finish high school through this GED program. So it's really complex and it's really difficult to, to go through. It's not just like you take some test and you're done. So when you were going through the program and you were trying to get your D- GED and you were going through the program and so forth... What was your motivation to kind of keep going? Because I know there's a lot of people that start the program, but then they they drop out or they disappear for a while and we don't see them. What kept you motivated going through that difficult program? Um, Well, um, that's kind of hard. It's kind of difficult because um, right when I jumped in, I kind of wanted it from the beginning. And, I mean, it was hard at first because I I thought it was going to take forever and I – I was like, it's going to be like a year plus, but it actually didn't take that long. It was actually really easy once, like, I got back into it. And it's mostly just your confidence, you know, because I didn't have confidence in myself at first. But after I kind of got the flow of, like, going back to school and stuff like that, it was a little bit easier. Now, you mentioned confidence. You've had a troubled past, which we can get into in a little bit, but... Having graduated and gotten the GED, how do you feel about yourself now completing something like that? Do you have more confidence? Do you have more self-aware that I can do things maybe when before you didn't think you could? Oh, yeah. I have uh, way more confidence now. I feel like I could – I want to go to college, and that's one of my goals. So, yeah, definitely more confidence. What made you decide – so you started out uh, the GED program, went to Metro Community College, Omaha – What made you decide that program? Was that something that was by choice or is that something that became a product of your situation? Um, It was a product of my situation because um, like I've tried going back to Accelerate and getting my high school diploma, but I was pregnant around that time. So it was a little bit difficult for like I didn't know about like the bus or anything like that at the time. So that was a little bit difficult um, and I didn't have rides anymore to, like, my – the Accelerate school anymore. So it was like I didn't know where to – like, I didn't know. I didn't know. So take us back. You're, you're kind of going through high school, and then something happens or there's a series of events where basically you don't get to finish. You don't complete. You drop out or you just walk away from high school. What was going on in your life at that time? And just kind of share anything – 
that you'd like to share. And if there's some things you don't want to share, that's fine too. But um, what was going on that kind of were the obstacles in your life that were popping up at that time, keeping you from getting that high school degree? I was pregnant. I was about like seven months pregnant and it was just me and um I had just moved back from Chicago Illinois and um I wanted to like keep pursuing all this stuff that I left behind after getting pregnant and um whenever I got pregnant with my son I didn't want to um I wanted to take all my time and figure out how I was gonna raise my son and how I was going to, like, tell my dad and stuff like that. So that was a little bit difficult. But um, school was one of the things that was on my mind that I wanted to finish. But whenever I went back, um, I did the accelerate, and then I just stopped going after that, after I didn't have, like, the rides and whatnot. And I wasn't living with my dad at the time. I was living with my stepmom and my sister. But... um. Yeah, so I just kind of stopped going after that. You take a look at uh, the time back then. A lot of people, when they do end up getting pregnant at a young age, you know, dropping out of high school tends to be something that just kind of naturally happens. Would there have been an opportunity if you had the right support system to stay in school? Was it just something that just wasn't going to happen at that time? Oh, no. If I had um, the right support system, then I definitely would have finished and tried to get my high school diploma. If somebody today is kind of going through that, um, I recently did a, uh, an assignment at a uh, local high school. It was an um, alternative high school. And I was talking with some of the students there, and a couple of them were pregnant or they'd just gotten pregnant or they just had their child. Uh, some of the, the young men that are in the class, they um, are fathers, you know, young fathers. You know, they're still high school age, but now they're trying to finish up at this alternative school. And so they're really struggling. But one of the things that really connected was this one girl was like, she took herself out of regular high school, if you want to call it that, enrolled herself into this alternative school because she wanted to finish because she felt she could before and it made before the baby came and it made sense because she was also telling me that she had this support system as a grandmother that was totally behind her giving a rise to school, was going to be there when the baby was born. So it really does make a difference when there is a support system there versus when you kind of have to fly by yourself. Right. So you're going through high school. Was there anything fun about high school that you like? I mean, did you enjoy high school, or were you somebody that was trying to avoid high school by doing these other things? I thought high school was fun. Um, at first it was a little bit hard because of my back history and, like, what I had to go through. Like, with stuff at home, and um, me being the oldest and having to set a good example for the rest of my siblings, it was a little bit difficult, but um, I loved school. School was something I was passionate about. Um, When I was younger, I had student, I was in student council, and then also, like, for my 11th grade year, I was um, on the, I forgot what it's called, the um, honor roll. And then I got junior of the year. Yeah, it was, I liked school. Oh, so you were really successful uh, in school. Because a lot of times you hear people when they drop out of high school, they struggle. They're not doing well with their grades. uh, They get into trouble. And so it's just kind of a a path that's continually something that is uh, full of obstacles and hurdles. But you were actually doing quite well. Um, You mentioned something about your past, like even before high school. 
Would you mind sharing kind of some of the, the stuff that you were going through that kind of was the foundation for your early childhood and, and basically the start of life? Yeah, I'd love to. So um, basically I grew up without my mom in my life and my grandmother stepped in for that part and I had my dad in my life as well. Um, I'm the oldest child and I thought that was being hard because whenever um, my dad was away for a little bit, it was just me and my grandma mostly and like we were really, really close and... um, Whenever my dad was back in my life, um, you know, things move on and um, other people come into your life, you know. So I had a stepmom and I had to pick up where we left off, you know. So that was a little bit difficult and to start with like a new family. I thought I was going to be an only child for a while, but it didn't happen like that. But it's just life. But um, So you you had a lot of transition, a lot of things going on that you weren't expecting did did it feel like uh, a, not like attention was being taken away from you, but it, did it feel like you were kind of being left behind or being left out, or was or was your grandmother able to kind of keep you involved and and kind of make you feel loved and and a part of the family? Um, my grandma was awesome at keeping me a part of the family, and um, she always made me feel like I wasn't left out and. Um, yeah, my grandma was a big part of my life. Now, at one point, you got into some substances that aren't good for you. Um, and that was, again, another path that you started down that became more obstacles in life. Can you share us a little bit about overcoming that? Because one of the things that I, I've, you know, going through life and, and the path that I've taken, I've never experienced anything like that. You know, I was always into sports. I was always busy. I never really got into, you know, any type of substances or substance abuse, nothing like that. So for me, if someone came to me and said, hey, I am struggling in this area, can you help me? If I was honest with them and I really did want to help them, I would be like, you know what? I can't help you because I don't understand. I don't understand what you're going through because I haven't been there. But you, on the other hand, you've been there and you've experienced that. So for people that might be going through something like that, what could you tell them and and how did you kind of overcome that? Um, So my drug of choice was methamphetamines and I started in 2017 and it was really difficult. Um, It's a really harsh drug and... I regret it a lot, but I'm also thankful for it that I've, I'm actually almost two years clean, so the downtime for that is really good, but um, I know I'm not the only person out there that wanted to quit, that wanted to move on with their life and wanted to do better for themselves. I know there's a lot of people out there that want to do that, and, you know, it's it just starts off with working on yourself and... Um, it's like um it's difficult you know because there's a lot of things you have to like relearn like relearn things that you already knew and stuff like that and get out of your old habits and your old ways but um I kind of embrace what I've been through and it kind of helps me move forward it's interesting that you say that you're kind of thankful for it in a way because oftentimes we can learn from our mistakes more than we can from our successes. Sometimes it takes failure to learn something new. 
You know, when you think about athletic teams that are trying to go undefeated through the entire season, uh, most recently the L.A. Dodgers in the playoffs. They won 111 games, but yet now they're bounced out of the playoffs. Um, you look at other teams in, like, let's say college basketball, they have very successful seasons. They're ranked number one, number two. I think of Gonzaga. They're always a top team, but they never have won the championship yet. And people tell me that in sports, you can learn a lot from failure and how you can become better successful in sports. And I think that translates to life too. Our failures in life, we can learn a lot better on how to avoid those mistakes if we go through them and not repeat them. Then let's say somebody that doesn't go through those mistakes, they don't know how to overcome obstacles and they could be even further defeated by life if they don't have obstacles. And I think we see that a lot when it comes to, you know, people that just cruise through life and then their first obstacle comes, their first hurdle in life comes, hits them, and they're like, I don't know what to do. And then it, they spiral down. But you at a young age, kind of this, you know, even though you probably, if you went back, you probably wish you wouldn't, could redo things. But by accepting it and embracing it, you also have not only overcome, but you realize that I can not only overcome this, I can overcome anything that comes my way. And I'm sure you probably learned a lot more going through this than you would have if you didn't. Oh, yeah, most definitely. I've met. I've actually met a lot of cool people along the way as well. Um, before, i never been able to, like, reach out to people and ask for help. But after going through what I've been through with, like, drugs and, like, getting in trouble and stuff like that, I've learned how to ask people for help. And that's one big thing that a lot of – I know a lot of people struggle with is asking for help. But you can meet a lot of real, really cool, supportive people by doing so. Now, while you're involved in this substance um, and you're going through that whole thing, substance abuse, you end up falling asleep in a car, in a truck, and it turned out to be another hurdle along the way of life that leads you down yet another path. So you're kind of starting to get into the spiral of downward tumbling in life. What happened there? So basically it was, um, I was using drugs at the time and I was at the end of the road and I just wanted to be done with everything. I wanted to be done with using drugs. I wanted to be done with depression, anxiety, and everything else that came with, um, the use of drugs. And I was also in a toxic, really toxic relationship and, um, we fought a lot and, um, it was just bad. It was like, it wasn't how I wanted to live my life. Like, I wish it was, I wish, like, I was in a, in somebody else's shoes at that point. And, um, yeah, so I was in a stolen vehicle at the time, and um, me and my ex had just got done fighting, and I was like, I just want to be done with all of this. And then he said, fine, and... He let me have the truck, and I just went and parked somewhere, and I fell asleep, and I woke up to the cops um, breaking the windows, shining the lights on me, asking me to put my hands outside of the window, and I knew from there that I just wanted something different, and um, I knew it was going to be hard, and it was going to be long, but I knew that I wanted change. I wanted different. So at this point, you're in this vehicle, police knocking on the door, breaking windows, put your hands up, getting arrested. I hear a lot of people say that they have to reach rock bottom 
in order to bounce back, kind of like the phoenix rising from the ashes. It sounds like you were already kind of understanding what you were going through and wanting to get out of it prior to this moment. But would this be one of those moments where you say you hit rock bottom or were you able to be grabbed because of this experience? Did this experience keep you from actually hitting rock bottom? Um, it was part of my rock bottom. Um, so, yeah, it was like, it was part of rock bottom. Um, like, it didn't end there. It was like more to it. Like, I um, I had went to jail, got out for a little bit, but um, when you go back to the same place and um, just back to your basically playgrounds it's kind of hard to like when you go out back on your own you're released from jail you go out back on your own it's a little bit difficult to stay away from certain people and places so it sounds like really the difference between this time of you being on a more successful trajectory of life versus back then is you've met some people along the way that are helping you that are helping you go through this and you're getting support and you're getting the proper support that you need from the right people that know how to deal with these different circumstances. But then you're also avoiding some of those old people and some of those old places and you're kind of removed yourself from that bad element. And so it seems like that combination is really the thing that has kind of propelled you to where you are today. Right. Boundaries was a big thing. Um, You have to learn to say no to people you know, if you if you know that you're going through a bad part in your life and you want to do better, you have to learn to say no to people because those people will come back into your life and, like, it'll just bring you back right to where you didn't want to be. Now, when you're trying to overcome substance abuse, it dep- I guess it, like I said, I don't know anything about it, but I guess it can be a very difficult thing depending on who you are, what you're doing, things like that. Was it an easy habit to kick or was it something that was very difficult to overcome? It was difficult to overcome at first. Um, For me, I got, like, tired of doing the same thing over and over again and having nothing left, like, physically, mentally, emotionally. Like, um, it gets tiresome, you know, because it's just the same stuff, different day type of thing. Um, But, yeah. The other thing, too, is that you're talking about it gets tired. Is that something that... Is it just because you were just getting tired of doing the whole thing? Or were you now starting to think, wait a minute, there's something better in life out there that I want to achieve. Was that a part of your process or are you not quite there yet at this moment? I think it was a part of my process because I believe that everything happens for a reason. And um, like whenever my grandmother was still alive, like I cried to her and begged her and asked her for help. Cause I didn't know where or how to get help. And she told me to get right with God and that everything would be okay. That just to keep praying and asking for help. And, uh, so I grew up a Christian and, um, that's something that we did. I don't, I don't know. Everyone's different, but that was her way of telling me to ask for help because she didn't know how to help me either. But, um, so I did, I started praying and, um, asking for help and asking for a way out and how I could stop doing what I was doing so I could be more better mentally, physically, emotionally. And um, 
Yeah, so I'm, like, happy where I'm at in life right now because I have the right friends. I have the right support group. Even though I lost my grandmother who took care of me since I was three years old, um, I feel like she is a big part of my sobriety now, which is means a lot to me. And I know it means a lot to her. You mentioned sobriety. How long has it been now? Since February 28th of 2021. So you're almost getting to that two-year mark. Congratulations. Thank you. That's pretty exciting. Thanks. So your journey back, you've got sobriety now. You've got the the path to getting back to kind of a more successful life, we'll call it. But you're still going through some things. You have to, we have consequences. There's consequences to what we do. Sometimes those consequences could be longer, like a longevity to it. And sometimes they might be short and just, uh, you know, short time, uh, in the, in the immediate, I guess we could say. And so you're kind of going through this process of getting back to um, a successful life. What's that process been like? You have to deal with a lot of different things, I would imagine. Yeah, so um, after I was in jail, after um, sleeping in the stolen vehicle, I went to jail for like four months, and I got blessed with this program called Young Adult Court, and... It's a weird thing to say that you're blessed. Um, being in jail, being blessed by this uh, young adult court contacting me and saying, hey, you would fit our program. Like, you have the age, you're between our age limit, and uh, we would like to help you. But the catch was that we would, you would have to plead guilty to all your felonies, but in the end, the reward would be that your felony would get expunged and... I mean, that was, like, my ticket. That was, like, something that I wanted, you know, because I knew it was going to be a lot for me to go through, but I just felt like if I were to stay in jail and basically go back out on my own again without any help, then I would be in the same position. So that's one of those things where when I talk about, you know, sometimes we all take different paths getting to where we need to go. Sometimes defeat will give us the tools or the knowledge or the understanding of how to be successful. It's almost like, like you said, you're kind of grateful for this because you might not have had the resources had you just stayed on that one path. Had you not maybe got arrested, you wouldn't have been able to go to prison or to jail. You wouldn't have been able to meet the right people that put you in this program. And then from there, it's just, it goes on and on and on. It's like the building blocks. And so sometimes, you know, like you said, something bad might happen to us and we think, oh no. And, and that's the other thing too, it's perspective. And I've also, I've often talked about this, that society likes to put us in this box. Okay. Let's say you're in a classroom and you have this big old whiteboard. Okay. And, and you put this box on the whiteboard, you draw a box with the expo marker on the whiteboard. Society tells us we have to live in this box and we can't, color outside the lines, right? That's what we learn. And so you have to go to school and then you go to high school and then I guess you go to college or maybe you go get a job if you're okay with that. But you're following this path in life and then eventually you get married, you have kids. And if you stray from this box of living, then you're considered an outcast. You're considered maybe deviant, something's wrong with you. But what people don't realize then is that, okay, you've got this box on the whiteboard, but what about all the whiteboard around the box? I mean, what are we gonna do with that? So it's like erase the box. Now you have this blank canvas. And if you talk to anybody who's an artist, and sometimes if you look at some of the great artists, you know, Picasso and so forth, they might even paint over a project that they did because they didn't like it. So the point that I'm getting to is that there's not always, it's not always going to be beautiful, the process of getting there. 
Uh, a caterpillar becoming a butterfly really isn't the most beautiful thing, but then the butterfly pops out, and you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. And so your journey, it's almost like that, hey, if this hadn't happened, if you didn't fall asleep in that truck, then possibly who knows where you might be because you might have just continued because you didn't have those resources. Because, again, going back to family, at some point you lost your grandmother, so big support uh, person gone. And so, again, it's just one of those things where if you are going through something and you are experiencing maybe rough times, you know, there could be opportunities if you are open to it. Like she said, she had to cop to felonies, had to plead guilty. Who wants to do that, right? There's a lot of risk Mm -hmm. to that. But by doing so, this program then accepted her in, and now she's starting to go on this path for success, and she's starting to meet people and have the resources there. So not always is it necessarily a bad thing, the things we go through. It might be at the time, but it's the tools and the resources to get us where we actually need to be. Right. So what would be like, I guess, up to this point, what would be your biggest motivating factor to keep going? Because we hear about relapse and we hear about people maybe leaving the program or, you know, just, you know, going on their own way. Uh, We see it like in in school, you know, people drop out of school. They say, I'm going to do school later. And I've been teaching college for a number of years now. And people tell me I need to drop out. I'm going to finish next semester. And they never do. And there's people that needed one math class. And they had to go do life. You know, it was unfair. Life happened. And they had to go do life. Um, you know, whatever it is, take care of a family member, maybe get a job to help support the family. But they were never able to get back. And they've always wanted to, but it's always difficult to go back. Uh, but for you, going through this process, is there one thing that's kind of been motivating you to keep you going and not be distracted by kind of your old life? Yeah, my son so, like, before I started using drugs, I had gotten pregnant, and that's whenever I dropped out of school because I was scared. I feel like my son is where I want to be happy again, and right now he's staying with my aunt, but I still get to talk to him on her whenever I want, and I just want to be happy again. I want to be complete, and I want to be able to take care of my son. I want to My son is my biggest motivation and as well as my family because I know that they've seen me go through rough times. (laughs) I put that on myself, but um, I want to make myself happy as well as them. So uh, you've completed your GED. That's one of the the steps along the way. You were in this program. GED education is one of the steps along the way. You're currently living in 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 a house that you're kind of directed to live in and so what's that like how's that been um so this is transitional living transitional living is not the easiest um in the beginning of my sobriety um i was uh so it starts off with like inpatient treatment and then you go to outpatient treatment and then you kind of just make your way up to where you want to be so after outpatient it's transitional living And transitional living is, uh, well, you live with, so I'm a girl, I live with other girls, and um, there's um, different types of girls, so they're at different parts in their healing process, and um, I stay here at the Carol's House of Hope, so they're all moms, and I was coming here hoping that I could, you know, help and grow as an individual who wants to have her son back in her life. so I guess it's a place, too, where you still have to learn patience or you still have to deal with a lot of patience. 
problem solving skills. Cause like you said, you're dealing with a lot of different people and a lot of different stages of healing in life. And so is that still, I mean, is that something that you look at as like a blessing? Cause you were talking about, you're almost done with this program. You're almost done. You've had all these successes along the way. You're almost done and you're still possibly going to be staying here. Right. And so I guess is that sounds like it's a good thing. Right. And so it's still making you grow as a person, though, when you have to be a part of all these other people's lives that, are, like you said, are at different stages of healing. So how challenging is that, knowing that you're almost done, but you're going to stay even longer? Oh, man, it was difficult. I was like, I came in here and I was like, oh, man, I don't want to be here. And that was my first initial thought, like, I don't want to be here. But um, I actually been here for two months now, and I actually like it. I like um, having other moms around me. I like having the support whenever I need it, and I like to. I also like to help people. I also like to, since I don't have my son, I like to engage in the other moms' kids, and it kind of fills that hole where I don't have my son physically with me right now. But I do. I want to be here. Because I feel like some people aren't ready to go back out in life, and I just don't want to mess that up for myself either. Yeah, it sounds like you still want to build that stronger foundation and have that foundation. Um, You mentioned, I don't want to be here. That seems to be a big obstacle that a lot of people have to overcome. They want to push back, and they rebel against that. And so it gets worse for them because I don't want to be here, therefore I'm going to make it worse because I'm just going to be defiant, break the rules, whatever. Uh, And so that's a big obstacle people have to overcome. How did you get over that I don't want to be here mentality? Um, That's kind of difficult. I kind of just, you know, I had to put away my pride and realize there wasn't going to be a bad thing that I'm here that this isn't a bad place. You know, they're recommending it for a reason so that they're going to help me and get what I need. So I might as well just take that and run with it and try to make the best out of it. Now, you talked about when you first got into the program, there were a lot of things that you had to do. Uh, They kept you busy so you wouldn't have downtime. And so that's the strict criteria of stuff you have to do. How has that been trying to manage and balance because we were talking about you have now a a job situation that you have to kind of deal with because it's a the judge is looking at you and as you're becoming more successful it's creating more challenges because you're checking off these requirements and you're completing them which is great but then it also creates other issues because of that success and you still have a little bit of time now it's like you got to start maneuvering some other things around to kind of complete but um but as you're going through this stringent part of it in the beginning what are you learning from that? Um, that I am capable of um, being a better human being for myself. Like, I had problems with, like, confidence. And I was like, I'll settle for anything at this moment for work. And um, I'm not saying housekeeping is a bad job, but it's it's a lot of work. <laughs> And I was doing housekeeping for a while, and sometimes you have to go through things that you don't like in order to get to where you want to be. And um, so I ended up finding a job that I actually really liked. And um, in the beginning of uh, my probation, 
they had me do a lot of things. So I had a lot of classes like MRT. I had therapy. I had group therapy. I had to do AA, NA. Um, yeah, they had they required me to do a lot of things, and um, I think it was mostly so we didn't have any downtime. So you can keep yourself busy, and whenever you do have downtime, it's like, hey, I can do other things, you know, and then it'll take you back. But I think um, now that I I was going to school, they had me go to school to get my GED because um, that was one of my goals. One of my goals was to get my high school diploma, but I wasn't able to at the time. But I was able to get my GED after, and I tried going to get my GED after I had my son, and that was a little bit difficult as well because I wasn't I was young, I wasn't driving, I didn't know how to drive at the time, so that was a little bit hard, um, but um, Young Adult Court, they required me to get my GED, and I thought that was pretty cool. I didn't want to at first, but they were like, you know, it's going to help you in the long run for whenever you're done with our program, and I was like, okay, so um, I started working at UPS, and UPS is, um, they have different hours, they have twilight hours and days and then mornings so I took days and then um so it's like a part-time job but it's like you can get more hours and you can get overtime but um since I'm staying at this transitional living place my curfew is six o'clock right now like I phase up I'm gonna phase up every six to 60 to 90 days but um I'm almost done with probation, and it's just like uh, I can't work at UPS anymore because I have more downtime for myself, and they want they expect more of me. They want me to have a full-time job, and I don't have my truck right now. It's being fixed, and it's a little bit difficult because I actually have a job that I like, and I can't work there right now, um, so I'm going to have to find something else, and... Again, just a part of that learning process, overcoming obstacles, decision-making, problem-solving, stuff like that. You mentioned a couple of things, your son. Uh, what do you have to do or where do you want to be, I guess, uh, in order for you to feel like you can be a successful mom and bring him back into your life full-time? So right now I'm waiting on a one-bedroom. Um, I've been on the waiting list since my other transitional living place. Um well, basically is what I'm trying to say is I want to have my own, my son to have his own room, his own place, and um, kind of just have that stability for him and me be a good fit mother, like, um, with my mental health and other stuff like that, and be able to take care of him, like, 24-7. Now, the other thing you mentioned a little bit about the job situation, but moving beyond that, moving beyond the immediate, having to maybe shuffle some jobs because of the program and the requirements. You've got your GED. Now you maybe have some options, maybe some doors. I'm always a believer that education can open doors for people that you might not ever think of. It opened doors for me. I got my uh, bachelor's degree basically to appease my mom. I didn't want to go to school, but it was wise too. I realized that was wise to get that done out of the way, pretty much right out of high school. But so I did that. And then years later, because then I went into radio and did radio broadcasting because to me, uh, a bachelor's degree in which I got with social science wasn't going to do me anything at the moment. 
But then years later, I went back and I got a master's. Because I had my bachelor's, I could get a master's. And then from there, I got a master's in English and then an education. And it kind of goes from there. And this has opened doors for me that I never even thought I wanted to go through at your age. But then years later, now all of a sudden, I've got these opportunities because of schooling. Schooling might not be for everybody, but I'm always one that believes that school can open uh, or education can open opportunities for people um, if you go through that. So you get your GED. Outside of this immediate job thing, career-minded, long-term goals. What is it that you want to do next? What is it that you'd like to achieve in life as life goes on? For me, it was a little hard at first to pick out what I wanted to do. Um, just because it's going back from high school, my high school mindset of what I wanted to do till now. But, um, so I had CNA on my mind. I had cosmetology on my mind, but altogether, I think I want to do esthetician and that kind of goes with cosmetology as well. But cosmetology is for like hair and esthetician is like facials and like eyebrows and stuff like that. And so in order to achieve that, you were mentioning that it might not necessarily have to be an educational thing, even though that might be a good thing to go do. Um, You've got a goal. You've got a plan. Did you ever think that you would be at a point in life where you are right now, that you would have a goal, a plan, and have a positive outlook on life? No. (laughs) After everything that happened um, that I put myself through, um, um, my mindset is way different and I believe I can accomplish a lot of things I just gotta keep pushing myself every single day you talk about being more confident and and just a different person altogether if someone maybe they knew you back then and they hadn't seen you for a while and they see you now how much of a difference do you think they'd see in you would it be like a dramatic difference like do you would you consider yourself a completely different person than you were just a few years ago Actually, no. I've actually um, got to talk to an old friend, an old friend from high school, actually, and um, I kind of fell off the face of the earth for a minute, but I just talked to her yesterday, and we picked up like nothing happened, (laughs) so that was actually pretty interesting, but I feel like I grew more internally with myself. See, and it just kind of goes to show you that people, as they develop and as you mature and grow and you go through these struggles, you overcome these obstacles, you don't necessarily, you you give up the negative aspects of life. Obviously, if you went back to the old lifestyle, you said they had to get out of that environment because if you went back to that environment, just repeat the process. But you get out of that environment, that negative, toxic environment, you can change as a person, but yet you don't have to alter your entire life and ostracize the good you don't have to cut out the good in your life you can keep that there as a part of it so it's not like you have to start over you're starting over the bad you're kind of kind of like surgery you're kind of taking away the bad and getting rid of that and replacing it with some good qualities some good problem solving skills some good ability to manage life better different perspective different uh, goals and desires out of life and then so when somebody else comes in so when you were talking with her um which uh, I'm not sure if you shared anything with her, but would she have even known you were going through some of these things if uh, if you don't tell her? Um, I didn't tell a lot of people what I was going through because um, these are people I went to high school with. Like, I had a range of friends. I didn't really have, like, a certain group 
type of group of friends that I hung out with. It was just whoever I talked to, you know. And then, um, well, this is one of my friends. She goes to UNO, actually. And um, I kind of felt weird at first, you know, talking to her again. But um, it was just like... um, Well, approaching people, okay. So you approach people. Um, When I've talked to people in the past, when they go through something especially difficulties, like I said, maybe things that might be considered, you know, oh, bad apple, you know, oh, you she did this or he did that. And so they kind of look down upon upon people that do that. And so when people are coming out of that, I don't want to say it's shame, but there's a little bit of, of humility and shyness because they don't want to just open up and be like, oh, this is me, this is what I've gone through. You know, you're, you're cautious when you approach people because they're going to judge you. People are judgmental and they're going to judge you. So you're cautious about who you expose yourself to. Thus, you know, you're not telling many people. But when you got these people that come to you and they're going to talk to you, and I guess the question really comes down to the fact, how has people, your family and others that have seen you go through this process, how have they accepted you or how have they been towards you? Um, they all support me very, very well. And they help out a lot with me. Like, you know, they're like, you've changed so much, but in, like, a good way. And they are proud of me. So, like, they're, like, before I was, like, I'm going to ignore my family. I'm going to ignore my friends and all the people, you know, that I cared about the most. And I ignored them all. And it was, like, they all cared about me, you know. So it was a little bit... If there's people out there that are kind of going through something, it could be different stages. Let's say they're just beginning the process of recovery or they're just beginning the process of going through whatever consequences they have to deal with because of their actions. Um, You've gone through it. You've experienced it. You're overcoming a lot. What advice could you give somebody that's struggling in life and they think that, you know what, I don't know if it's, if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I don't want to be there, like you've mentioned before. You know, they got this mindset of trying to push back against some of the requirements that they have to do. What advice or what would you just tell them about what they're going through and the lessons that you learned from the stuff that you went through? Don't let yourself be your biggest enemy. Um, don't be afraid of change. Don't be afraid to let people in and help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Um like, it was hard for me, was, and I know it's hard for, it's going to be hard for a lot of other people, but just be honest with yourself, be open to others, and if you really want the help and you're willing to, how they say in AA, uh, if you're going willing to go to any lengths to get it, then, you know, do so, because there's other people that are going through the exact same thing, and you're not alone. So one of the things we also talk about a lot on the podcast is the mindset. You know, the way your mindset is, is how you're going to be. If you say you can't do something, well, you're probably right. If you say I can do something, well, you're probably right. It just depends on your mindset. And oftentimes we get into a mindset of can't. I hear this all the time. Sometimes I'll be uh, teaching at an elementary school, and especially kindergarten, first grade, you try to get them to do an assignment. And the first thing they say is, I can't, I can't, I can't. 
And when you delve into it, it's not that they can't. They don't want to because maybe they're lazy or it takes too much effort. But that I can't mentality as it matures into older people becomes a belief that they truly can't do something when in actuality, if you just change your mindset to a positive, because again, just like in that kindergarten, first grade class, you give them the same assignment, they can do it. Hey, little Johnny, can you do this? Yeah, I can do this. And so he does it. And as that can do attitude matures in older people as well and goes through life then you're starting to tackle more and more things and so the mindset can really changing that mindset can really make a difference in whether or not you want to make it and be successful because the mindset of i don't want to be here is a negative mindset and it might be a natural response to something but to switch it and be like you know what i don't want to be here but I can see the benefits of what it is that this program has to offer. I can see that on the other end, there's a lot of pluses. Uh, my son, I can get back. I have now an education. I can go do maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe go back to school down the road. Uh, a lot of opportunities. So there's a lot of positives and just switching the mindset from a negative one to a positive one. Right. I was a shoulda, woulda, coulda person and... That was a big thing to get over because um, it's all past tense. You should have, I should have done this. I could have done this. I, you know, it's all past tense. Like you have tomorrow to work on new things. What about making amends with people? Um, you know, when you go through some of these programs, I think you mentioned AA, it's like you have to kind of make amends with the past. Have you done that? Have you completely kind of forgiven yourself for the things that you've gone through? Or is that still kind of a process? Um, as a mother, I still kind of feel guilt and shame for, um, dealing with drugs and, um, being a drug user because of my son. I feel that part as a mom, like, I feel like I'm still, like, I still have a little bit of shame and guilt there, but, um, making amends to other people and people I've hurt, I've definitely done that and it that's what also helped me get to the point where I am now because um, for my dad, I, I was really rebellious with him and he was really trying to help me and give me good advice, but he just didn't know how to do it, you know, because I feel like it's because he's, he's my father and he had to kind of take on the mother role whenever my grandma wasn't around and that was kind of difficult for him because I was his first child and that was a little bit hard. And... um what, what are some of the things that um, you would like to do to help your son be able to go on a journey in life that is maybe more successful along the way than you? I mean, because one of the things that we find sometimes is that you have to try to avoid repeating the mistakes parents make, you know, because that's all we know, right? I mean, we grow up and all we know is what we're taught with our parents. Our parents treated us this way, or they were with us this way. And so that's all we know, but we have to kind of break that cycle. So for you, what are maybe some of the things that you have on the horizon as he's getting older that you would want to avoid or maybe change so that you can better support him on his journey? Um, I want my son to be engaged in more like more of things like giving back to the community because um, it's a good support group and, you know, you're helping your own community. And I feel like 
I was kind of more closed off by being, um, as my childhood, I was a little bit more closed off and I didn't really know about any of that stuff. But I feel like now that I'm getting older and I've done community service and stuff like that, like that, it opens doors for you and opportunities and people and meeting people. So. Now, some of the things that uh, you enjoy doing, you get some downtime, but like they, they try to keep you busy, but just you, just you, if you get some downtime, maybe listen to music, read a book, whatever, what are some of the things that you enjoy doing? What's, what's some pleasures in life that you are currently enjoying and looking forward to doing, um, you know, as the, the years go by any hobbies or anything or, you know, coffee. I know a lot mm-hmm. of people are big into coffee and that's kind of a lifestyle of coffee and reading, but what do you, what do you like to do when you have time for yourself? When I have time for myself, I like to, I don't know, I'm kind of like a, like, if it's indoors, I like to organize and kind of plan out stuff, but if it's like outdoors, I like to bike ride, I like nature, I like spending time with my family, that's if I'm taking my younger siblings to the park or something, like, I haven't done that in a minute, you know, but I've played with them just this last Saturday, taking them out for soccer and stuff like that while my dad was at work. But, um, yeah. Anything else that you would like to share maybe or say before we start to wrap things up that we didn't get to? Um, I would have to say that I think it's important to ask people for help. I said that continuously but i think it's really important to let people know that they they're able to ask for help and they're not the only person that's going through a rough patch in their life and that they can get over it so i don't think you can say that enough because that's one of the big things that i think cause people to start to kind of go down a the wrong path or allow obstacles to pop up you know, we don't want help. We don't want other people to know our business because, like I mentioned earlier, people are judgmental. So the first thing we think of is, oh, if I say something, they're going to judge me on it or they're going to go and gossip to somebody else. And so you start to get this negative anticipation of what might happen. And I think it goes back to, like you said, if you're seeking help and being able to find help is put a support system around you. Maybe find some people that you might be able to talk to that you can call up when in maybe a crisis or a troubled situation. Um, you know, there's times where I might be going through something and, you know, fortunately I have a support system that I can lean on that I can call on and be like, Hey, this is what's going on. And they're like, Oh, okay. We can you know take it. Or even what's more important is I can share something and there'll be like, and it's gotten to the point where we're really honest and they'll be like, you know what? I understand that this is what you're going through but it's not the end of the world. And really when you change your mood tomorrow, after you get a good night's sleep and you get something to eat and wake up, you're really not going to think it's a big deal. So there's people that can help me when it's serious and there's something serious going on, or they can help me when it's just like, dude, you're kind of out of perspective. But the fact is there's a support system there that I can lean on so that I can get that positive feedback. Cause we want positive feedback from people. We want people to be able to tell us the truth be able to be honest with us, but we also want them to be able to be real and genuine. So when we do come to them with concerns and we do come to them with our cares, because to us it's important, we don't want them to be dismissed, but we also also don't want them to go gossiping about it and judging us. So it's important to find those people 
those specific people that you can go to, that you can talk to and have dialogue with and be able to share and maybe only talk once a month. Maybe it's once a year. Maybe it's every day. I don't know what it is. Your situation is different from mine than from hers. But find that group because it sounds like that's one of the biggest things that has helped you along the way is you not only understanding that you have to reach out, but the people that are there are there for you and they're there to help you. Right. I want to add one more thing. Um, I think AA and NA and CMA and all those other places, those help big time. Like some people don't like it. Some people it's perfect for them and some people enjoy it. Some people don't. But those are one of those places where you can go in there and it's everybody been through the same thing and you can either listen or not listen or you can say something or you don't have to, but I think that's a really good place. And the other thing, too, is people think that it's a sign of weakness to seek help. It's a sign of weakness to go see a therapist or a sign of weakness, like you said, maybe to go to a program. Right. But it's really not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength, knowing that there's some shortcomings in your life. There's a hurdle. There's an obstacle. There's a problem, whatever it might be. And you can't handle it yourself. I think of a military analogy that someone told me once is that in the military, when something happens, when enemy fire comes at you, you don't attack it yourself. You're going at it with your men, the guys around you, and you're firing back. And then if you need more support, you call for support and more support comes. And then it might be air support. It might be artillery support, whatever it is. But support, you never go into battle alone. And I guess that might be a simple analogy is when life is attacking you, don't go it alone. Make sure you have people around you that can start putting that ammunition back on whatever the trouble is that's coming at you, and they can come in and surround you and support you because going alone is only going to possibly lead to things that aren't going to be so successful in the outcome. And so, again, like she has been saying, ask for help. Seek it out. Find those programs that are going to be beneficial because it's a sign of strength, not a sign of weakness. And without the help, you might not be able to have the success that you want. Right. Anything else or is that about it? I think that's pretty much it. We'd like to thank you. Thanks for coming on and sharing with us. I really appreciate it. I know sometimes it's hard to kind of bear one's soul to the world, but we appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Well, thank you so much. And again, hey, if you need uh, some help, reach out. You can always... uh, Check us out on our website, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. You can click the Two Steps Ahead podcast logo, and all of our shows pop up. You can also check us out on Instagram at TWO, Two Steps Ahead Podcast, and we post show clips. We post shows there. There's also a Linktree link in the bio that will take you to, I think, our Rumble account, our SoundCloud account, which is the audio portion of it, where you can download and take it with you on the go. There's a swag shop. The holiday season's coming if you want to... If you don't know what to get for somebody, hey, give them a Two Steps Ahead podcast t-shirt, teddy bear, drinkware, whatever it might be. Um, Spotify, SoundCloud, uh, like I mentioned, Pandora, I think those are there. So many ways that you can see us. You can listen to the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And um, if all else, you can just internet search us, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast, and we pop pop up. Or, hey, Siri, hey, Google, hey, Alexa. Play TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast, and we pop up so we're easy to find. Once again, we'd like to thank our special guest, Maricela, for joining us. And again, if you want to reach out, please feel free to do so. And um, Two Steps Ahead podcast at gmail.com. Again, TWO, Two Steps Ahead podcast at gmail.com. Hey, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend. Take your passion. Make it happen. Let yourself be great. I'm Son Edom, 
Until next time, God bless.